Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Four pains of Christmas. Love Talk Radio. Shut up, you! Burn! 
church earlier this evening and I sang at it and it was a wonderful little service and I'm just relaxing <laughs> and, yeah and listening to you oh gosh there's so many problems with that one <laughs> I'm kidding uh, Fran- <laughs> Francie this is a friend Yo. of mine that I asked to call in now th- this is my friend Delane from Pennsylvania and she's been a longtime friend of mine. And because we kind of slapped the show together tonight, when I called you, Francie, tonight, and I just want to see how you're doing, and I, I couldn't see why we could not do a Christmas Eve show. All right, so exactly. we tried to bring on as many people as we can. And I reached out to my longtime friend, Elaine, to be a part of it. And Delane, I want to welcome you to Francie and Friends. And uh Thanks, Brett. I, yeah, don't and be I scared. want you to be a part of it. I, I don't want you to feel just as a listener, I want you to be able to talk with us and just be a part of however this thing's gonna go because we just slapped this scene together. Now I know we reached out to several other people like really last minute. Uh, Francie, who who might we have that's been responded to us? Well, I got got to admit, my childhood crush, I had a crush on him. I I hung his posters on my wall. um, He did reach out to me earlier, and he did say Merry Christmas. Mm -hmm. Cornimic might, might, might call it. I know he just sent you a message a little earlier today. Yeah, he said, Merry Christmas. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) because I always call him at the wrong time, and he's always like, why did you call me at this time? And I'm like, oh, I called you at this time, and you're mad at me again. So maybe, maybe strong, like, I could, you know what, I'm going to text him. And I'm going to send him the link, 
and to see that we're number one. Okay. Uh, maybe he might well, call in. Let's talk about. By the way, we're the number one show. I Out know. of 34 pages, we're number one. Oh, somebody messaged me on Facebook. We always are. Okay, I'm going to take the helm. Oh, for that was here. you, Brett. <laughs> oh, my gosh, it was nobody. <laughs> I'm going to take the helm. No, we, we do have a like, couple of callers that are going to call in. Nick, are you there? Yes, me and my cow. Patches. Say hi, say, how, like, say, say uh, uh, hi to everybody, Patches. <laughs> Nicholas, Merry Christmas to you, my old-time, long-time friend. How you doing, my brother? Very good. Merry Christmas too. Merry Christmas, mm-hmm. Nicholas. Merry would you Christmas like to and meet, a Happy New Year. Would you like to meet my friend Delane? Uh, who's that? No, I, I've been listening. <laughs> yeah, hi, Delane. Hello. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah, it's Christmas Eve. Ain't it cool? Ain't it cool, Patches? I hear yeah. I hear Christmas music going on in the background there. There's a little bit, yeah, just a little. Are you kind of turned down really low? Are you, are you hey, unless it the, interferes with the show? I, I want to keep it going. Keep it going. Are you out in the production studio? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm in my uh, in the garage in the man cave at Black Bedsheet Studios here in Antelope, California, where all the magic happens. What do we have going on? In the future, there might even be tours. What do we have going on for 2024 as far as Black Bed Sheet books going? And also, more importantly, Nick, where is my book and where is my fucking t shirt? Oh, oh, what are you talking about? I forgot. I think that was one, uh, during one of my blackouts. Uh, you forgot about it. No, I, I'm kidding. It, it's gonna. I'm gonna put it out on. Uh, I was a little slow this week, um, and the holidays make things slower. So I can't like. Um, I would normally mail it out tomorrow. I'm gonna mail it out on Tuesday because you can't mail anything on Christmas. I gotta Which ask is, you, Nick. Kind of as it should be. The postal workers, God bless them. They 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 deserve a Christmas too. Rain, sleet, or snow, I have to ask you, am I getting my original Prey Serpent's Prey autograph and then my T-shirt, which I will not wash this time around because I yeah, made that black mistake. T-shirt. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, you're getting the original Prey Serpent's Prey, just like the kind that you have on your shelf that I autographed at Tamby back in the day, back in 88 mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, you're seeing the exact same uh, edition and everything. Uh, I've got like a, a few um, on my wall encased in glass. <laughs> yeah. Actually, to be honest with you, I think it was like seven, eight years ago I was on Amazon and I saw copies of the original edition uh, paperback um, for like um, uh, anywhere from like 3 to $10. And I bought them all. But there's like seven of them or something like that. I mean, geez, I wrote the book. And these are like vintage original paperback copies that you used to buy in the supermarket. 
Yeah, so uh, yeah, so I I just lapped them up. I was going tish. It's not the it's it's um not popular enough to like uh, be hundred dollar like vintage you know books and then <laughs> three or four dollars. But yeah, so I I bought them, so I have them. Uh, also, I'm going to give you uh, the the one in the bestest condition ever. And uh, sign that really, to you. That's something I really appreciate a lot because. As you said, a lot of people don't understand the value of it, and I think the value is that I've known you for so long, and you know, from the time I met you, and the experience I had when I first met you, which I I've explained ad nauseum on this show, uh, just watching you walk out your front door with a, a a wagon full of books, and the way that you had to distribute things before you started your own distribution company. Yeah, I mean, before all of that, that was, you know, 1987, 1988. And just Nick's origins is what's important to me personally is that I was there to witness it. And that's what makes the, an original copy of Prey Serpent's Prey so valuable to me personally. Um, so, yeah. like, as you said, uh, you, you know, and me and nobody else. <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, maybe the there's thing. a few others. <laughs> I don't know. But that's that's the thing. Um, we we have a shared history that is more valuable than any market could put on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I remember those you too when I first got published yeah. in '88 with that book. <laughs> that that yeah. was pretty cool. The, you know, the whole, you know, meeting Walter Koenig and getting involved in his acting class, the guy that played Chekhov on Star One thing led to another, and then, you know. So, yeah, and then, uh, you know, that happened. Then Halloween 4 happened, and then other stuff. Yeah. Let's, that, not, that was not, like forget about, let's not forget about uh, John Carpenter's endorsement and Ty Barker's endorsement. I mean, let's not. Well, not John negate. Carpenter, but Stephen King and Clive Barker and Wes Craven. Yeah. Uh, well, they didn't. Um, uh, Craven didn't endorse specifically. He never read *Prey Serpent's Prey* that I know of. But when I submitted him a sequel to *Shocker*, the treatment that—that's where I got that blurb. And that—that that was really. Cool. I wish that could have happened. But oh well, would have been another B movie, <laughs> a horror movie from the '90s. But I would have had a screenplay credit. That would have been neat. Do but, you oh, still well, have? You know, do you, do you still have the original? Wooden uh, painted version of the cover of Prey Serpent's Tray. Yeah, yeah, I do. That one uh, that um, I I had a place that I worked for in the mall that had a, a, a special printer that printed out posters from like small objects, scanning small objects and making poster-sized things. Yeah, I still have that. It's it's on my wall here at. Uh, Black Bedsheet Studios, part of the house. Yeah, the original that you saw, that used to be on my wall back then. And uh, But I don't have the Halloween 4 one. Uh, mm. I sold that like a little while ago for like 100 bucks or something. I forgot how much. But I still now, have who, the Prey Serpent's Prey. That's for sure. That's who great, was the artist, uh, great cover. Who, who was the artist that did that work? For Prey Serpent's I'll Prey. probably never know. They didn't tell me it was a work for hire. 
and um, uh, and they asked me exactly what what do you envision for the cover and I like drew like a stick figure uh, and you know and and pointed to things like this is a castle or something in the background I don't know, and and she's morphing into a snake creature thing and uh, so hey. and they they did it they did it perfectly and on a hey, on a big slab of redwood uh, like like nine by nine or something redwood I wish that yeah. I, it must still exist somewhere. Got another caller. You got another caller, caller, Francie? Okay, who you got? Yeah, I got a caller. Okay, I know who this is, Nick. This is a special surprise for you. Area code 864, you are live. Hey, a merry and a scary Christmas to Nick and Francie. Oh, I love you, dude. (laughs) Hey, Nick, how's it going? (laughs) Oh, hey, pretty good. It's yeah. Chuck W. Chapman. It is. Yeah. That, I, I mean, uh, that's that's cool. She said that there was a surprise. I had to I had to think about that. His voice is so familiar. It's like, <laughs> it's like this is your life or something, you know, the, the TV show. It's like, oh, exactly. who is that yeah, voice? Yeah. That, that must be... <laughs> Exactly. Oh, great. Hi. Hey, Chuck. And you've been busy. I've been extremely busy, but it's been fun. It's been great. Well, yeah. Yeah, I bet. I've been kind of uh, following that and stuff, Your uh, all of your exploits. And doing better than uh, than um, when you uh, uh, sent me that short story for the Days of the Dead thing. Uh, you've been like, I mean... Uh, and that was not too long ago, actually. Um, been, and uh, what, now and then, you've been, like, really shooting off with your music. Yeah, it's been, like, four years now, because I think Family Man came out right there in the end of 2020. So. Yeah, wow. yeah, 2020, four years. Just about four years, pretty much. Yeah. So, yes, indeedy, wow. Yeah. Here's a uh, cool so thing Merry is... Christmas. Merry Go Christmas. Ahead, Merry Christmas. It's Christmas Eve, so uh, yeah. Wow. What what are you I plans, told you, Chuck? I told you that I got you a present. Yeah. What what are your plans, <laughs> too, Chuck? Too bad. Christmas? Too bad, Nick. I'm it. <laughs> You're it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it was the best you could do on short notice. <laughs> oh sure. No, you're yeah, the best I can do. Just about an hour before the show <laughs> itself. So. No, you're 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 the best I can do. Um, in fact, uh, Chuck, you gotta meet Brett. Are you guys friends on Facebook? I'm not sure. I. You guys should okay. you guys should totally hook up because Brett's a music man also. Oh, cool. Well, I I wouldn't call myself a music man. I call myself an accidental reporter of shit that happens in my life that happens to be musically related, that happens to end up on my YouTube channel. Um, and I have a lot of people that help me out with it, but uh, I wouldn't say that I'm artistic or musical in any way. Just shit ends up happening because I tune myself into it and. Well, you know, you got to have a bunch of equipment music, to be able to do that. 
Yeah, if you play stuff on your YouTube page or do a podcast or anything, guys like me need guys like you. So. Okay. There so, you go. Dude, there wait you a minute, go. wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me <laughs> talk to this guy. <laughs> okay. Francie, I got to tell you, I got my whole start with the radio with you, and you know you, and I love you, but when you're trying to introduce me something – and and a person, I love you. Let me talk to him. <laughs> that's that's well, what before I said. You talk to him, I do have to say one thing, though. I do have to say one thing. Um, with the miracles of Alexa and and Amazon Echo, that which I've had for a little while, and um, I subscribe to Amazon Music, um, and uh, you know, I, it's really neat nowadays that you can actually just say something to a to a little like a small like, little like computer mechanism and uh, get it to play just about anything so i had, uh, one day i thought you know what let's um um echo play uh, chuck w chapman and it would go on oh, and on with your albums and chuck and that many times it was really adorable. neat i got to I mean, really songs yeah, I just I, I had adorable. to say that. I've been wanting to say that. You guys are talking <laughs> up. Yeah, he's adorable. Place. Well, first of all, yeah, okay. He... Uh, Chuck. <laughs> there you go, for Brett. The time, so so I, I'd like to talk to you about music and stuff and distribution and, and how things have changed so much. Um. Like I, I am not prolific. I, I call myself paraprolific <laughs> because I write music when I feel that I want to, and a lot of times I go through a lot of sporadic periods um, since since the mid 1980s, and nothing I do has ever been for profit or for anything other than just the joy of doing it. Um, do you, do you feel that? I do. I have very creative times, and then I have very dry spells as, as far as music goes. Um, I can generally write fiction or poetry or whatever pretty much any time I want, but, yeah, songs are a different story for me. I have to really – it just kind of comes to me. I, I don't sit down to write songs. But it seems like if I'm put under a deadline, like if I have a new record or if somebody needs something for a specific purpose, it seems like I can always do it. But for myself to go, hey, I'm going to go write a song, if I do, it's usually garbage. You know what? I I identify with you a lot because when I when I go into the process, and it's a process, it's not something that I – I've always told people that my creativity is very sporadic. I'm a sporadical. Um, if I I have the equipment available to me, and at one time I had a recording studio, and I would sit down, and I I never go into writing music or poetry with anything in mind. I sit down and I just start screwing around with stuff. Right, and these these would just develop as they would just form themselves. Like I don't have control over it, 
I, I just like am a part of it. And I really have a hard time explaining to people how I write music because it's just not traditional. I don't – I just sit down and I go and flow with whatever happens. And a lot of people look at that like, you know, you're just an accidental tourist. And fair enough. But what comes out of it is what's important. Now, I've written a lot of things that were accidental, and it's been beautiful. So I don't understand how people – art is something that you cannot judge. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a right or wrong way. I know I've, I'm sure everybody that's heard me talk before, I'm a huge KISS fan. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Paul Stanley talked about, you know, the difference between his writing and Gene Simmons' writing. It's generally, Paul said most of the stuff he writes got on the record. He would write like 10 songs and six of them or seven of them they would use. Gene would write 120 songs and they would use you know, four, five, six of them. So it's just different styles. There's guys that can sit down and just crank them out. And then there's right. other people that I think, you know, have to be inspired by it. Generally, I'll start singing something to myself in the shower or in the middle of the night or something. Something will pop into my head, and I'll just start, like, you know, singing it and going, whoa, what's that? And then I realize that nothing is your new song. So I'll have to get up and run, you know, or throw a towel on and run to the nearest recorder right. or paper or whatever and start writing it out because if I don't put it down then, a lot of times it's gone. And then for other that, times, you know, I'll have that melody going for days before it develops into something. But when it comes, it comes really fast. That's so something that down. I – okay. I have to tell you right now, when you talk about a muse, you are absolutely right. Because the muse doesn't give a fuck about if you're in the shower or on the toilet shitting. I used to keep I – I, I always kept a pad of paper and a pencil next to my bedside because I would wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning. It was an amazing piece of word. And some of those words – Maybe meant nothing at the time, but you can formulate something from it. Dude, first of all, I feel you're a kindred spirit. When you when you talk about what abuse really is, abuse is torturous, and she doesn't give a fuck about us. She wants us to do shit, and we want her. Was that because me? Without no, her, I'm actually looking for Chuck Chapman. I thought I had your songs on my switchboard. I'm looking, and I got cataracts, and I'm looking really hard. And I'm even asking, you guys weren't talking about me, were you? No, not no. at all. Except for the dolphin <laughs> sounds. Were, were you the one making the dolphin sounds? The high-pitched squeals? I, I, I told Echo to shut the hell up a couple of times. <laughs> No, I know I got. Uh, I'm looking for your song. I got you on my switchboard. Well, my my cow is trying to look too. Aren't you, cow? Francie, okay, you, if if you could send me Chuck's information and he and I can hook up, I would appreciate that. Sure, I'd be correct. Uh, yeah, and by Chuck, the way, the okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. 
uh, Chuck, you can find me on YouTube at Laptop Puppy. And you can find a lot of my music Laptop there that I've done. Laptop Puppy? Really? La- Laptop Puppy, yes. You can also find me on Bald Head Radio. That I do that thing, too. And Francie's the one that led me to my own Bald Head Radio experience yeah. and the show that I do there. I always give I always give Francie credit. Uh, even on my own show, people are like, uh, "How'd you get started?" I said, uh, "Francie, that crazy <laughs> woman got me started, and I couldn't quit." That crazy like said, woman. You know no, we're number listen, one. We're number Francie, one. Francie told we're me. One. Francie told me your first hit is free. After that, you fucking pay for it, dude. If you want to get that high <laughs> from being a radio host. Your first hit is free. That's what she did to me, dude. And I, I, I made my own thing out of it. So anyway, dude, you can find me kind of all over the place. Okay. Mine's the same. Chuck W. Chapman, everything. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, I'm being forced to start a TikTok, although I haven't done it yet because I said I never would. I know. Why would you? Let's talk about TikTok. Let's talk about the evils of TikTok, if you want to do that. But we shouldn't make make it such a heavy show, should we? Hey, last Christmas, they gave me an entire episode to talk about depression, so it can't be as bad as that one. I got it. Okay, I'm going to ask my friend Elaine if you're still on. What do you think about all this so far? Maybe she's not on. Oh, I am on. I I had muted you, um, but I was still listening. It's very interesting. Um, And you guys are really new people. Yeah. I, you know, Delaine, uh, I brought you on because I wanted you to see, like, what we all do, what we all talk about. And we all, this, this particular show is not a professional, it's the one that I do, but uh, there's a lot Crampy. of other things. that in the background. <laughs> All right, Francie, it, it, it's a little crazy sometimes. Francie. I, I, I was playing Chuck yeah, okay. Chapman. Okay, so we were, we were talking with Delane and asking her opinion, and you just gave us a lot of insight there, Francie. Um, basically, when we do shows, this particular show tonight is, like, really random, and that's what's great about we just slap some stuff together and just spend time together and it's Christmas Eve and that's what we're doing. And Delene, I just wanted to kind of bring you in on this and give you a little bit of idea of what we do here and there, you know, kind of thing. So I'm just asking. Elaine, I'm kind of screw up. And, Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> but it's, it's all okay. It's okay. show. You can screw up. <laughs> you can. You're entitled to that. Yeah, and 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 Brett and um Nick and well, of course um the other guy. I don't know. He's oh my God, the other guy. 
the great Chuck W. Chapman. Hey, Chuck, um, I don't know if you were listening before you actually got picked up, um, but uh, that sounds wrong for some reason. But uh, <laughs> um, uh, Brett was one of my original friends that was making a joke when I first got published. When I first got published in 1988, he he was there, and back in the day. When I, when I was trying to like push my book and everything, and it was at Albertson Supermarket, and yeah, so uh, there's there's a lot of memories with that with that kind of stuff. Oh, Anywho, awesome. yeah, just thought as a footnote that that yeah, Brett's um, I've known him since uh, at least eighty eight, eighty seven, eighty eight. Yeah, like I think it it was it was uh, early eighty eight. And yeah. when, when we say 88, I think for some reason for the young kids, we have to staple it with 19 because they just don't understand. We could be like, you know, 1888, and all of us were. Yeah, kids don't understand the 1900s anymore. <laughs> you know what? Because we're 20... fucking old people. We're fucking old. Oh, yeah. That, that really, yeah. You We're know not what? really that old. People actually uh, um, live to be uh, in their 70s and 80s now, even 90s. And Jimmy Carter, I've been like, um, kind of like uh, looking at the news on YouTube here and there, uh, hoping that I know Rosalind died, but I just keep rooting for him to, to at least have one more Christmas. He's like uh, 98 or something. And then, jeez. No. Um, what's away. her name from uh, Golden Girls? Um, uh, she was 99 years old, and she was almost going to turn 100, and she died. Ah, that's you know, ah, so close. Uh, by the but way, anyway. Jimmy, Car- Jimmy Carter passed away about five. No, he's days he's after. alive. Uh, is he? He's 99 he's right now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There was a picture of him just the other day in a wheelchair. He didn't look good. Uh, well, I mean, he probably looks living to be 99, though. I mean, so uh, we shouldn't dare to call ourselves old at this point. We might feel it sometimes. I certainly do, especially when I get gout and, you know, I feel like an old man. But I'm only 50, um, 57. <laughs> so old, I can't remember. No, um, no. But no. Uh, so much more of a life to live. Potentially. I mean, we could fall down. Any, I've had authors of mine that um, died. Um, terrible. Um, and they were like, uh, man, in Nick Casella, um, I published like several books of his. And uh, uh, I've got a, like um, so many things to do next year with his books. But he was a bodybuilder. He was great. He used to go to conventions, promote his books. Like he was, uh, he was like one of the ideal um, authors, really going out and doing everything that he can. He had a great wife and great family, and all of a sudden he just like dropped dead. He just dropped dead. It turns out that it had something to do with his heart. But um, and then you know, <laughs> don't really want to like be a downer about things. I can think of other authors too. One that got paralyzed from the neck down that um, I used to see at conventions when I used to go out and about a lot and everything. But uh, and God bless them and their families, and a Merry Christmas to them. Um, 
Man, I, I don't know what got me off on that. <laughs> what? Why did I ta- start talking about that for? Oh, I yeah, because maybe, you said that we, we were all. Yeah, maybe we are going to make it worse than last year's depression episode. Yeah. I think that. Yeah. Um, the, Old is a, is, is a perspective and a frame of mind anyway, technically. It is. If we, if we look at our lives, and every one of us lives a different life, right? And every one of us has our own journey. And I can be like selfish to say my journey right now is very difficult and I know that a lot of other people aren't going to understand it but I know that a lot of, a lot of other people are going to understand it so finding people that have been through similar experiences is important but I think the more important thing is finding people that we've already been through a bunch of shit together Finding, knowing people that we've all been together for a very long time and understanding each other regardless of what we go through. We, we are all still here for each other. And I think, I think that's maybe why I brought Delane on, on this show because these are people, Delane, you're a person that I've known for a very long time, and you and I have been through a lot of shit together. And Nick, yeah. yes, and, and Nick and I have known each other for a very long time. Yet also through the show we're doing tonight, I meet Chuck tonight. And, you know, it's amazing that we can all, like, connect together and meet new people, and it helps me a lot because I'm at a place in my life where I really need to reach out and connect to people, and I have a hard time doing it. And right now, this show that we do slap together is already beneficial, I think, for me, I, I think. And I, I, just I think, too, for Francie and friends in general because – yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't like really kept track, but if you look at it, she's got like 550 shows at least. Yeah, under her belt since like 2009. And and if you think about how many people that I have met through Francie, and just the fact that she inspired me to go on and do my own thing, which I do sporadically. Is amazing, and it's just being able to connect with other people and find new people and stuff is is what Frenzy has always done. I I cannot. I'm going to say on this Christmas Eve, the most thing that I'm appreciative of is Frenzy. Well, yeah, you know, and she's been doing podcasts when most people like on YouTube and stuff weren't. Um, it, technically, if you call it a podcast, <laughs> it's not technically a radio show. There's no radio studio in a, in a high-rise, uh, 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 but it's still basically the same thing. And even like the great Solomon Burke, when he was on, he said, this just like sitting on a couch with you. I'll never forget he said that, and that's exactly what it is. And it's unscripted yeah. in the whole nine yards, and you know, it's like, you know. That's, that's how we met that's, too. That's how I met Francie. Was I was a guest on the show. So, gosh, no life-changing stuff. 
with Francie and friends. I never, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how we met. And then I flew to San Fran, San, San Francisco, South Carolina, and uh, brought Carolina. her back here. Which is where uh, 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 Chuck? Are you still there? I am. Chuck's from yeah. South Carolina. See how it all tangles in? It's really funny how over the years South Carolina seems to be a thing on the news for for the better or worse or anything. I keep hearing about South Carolina. People are hopping over there and stuff versus like in most other states. You hear things in New York. You hear things, well, I'm in California. Of course, I hear things in California, but South Carolina over and over again. Just uh, like different great things, and then <laughs> and then other stuff. Um, I guess just like here, too, of course. And sheesh, but yeah, South I mean, Carolinians yeah. seem to like um, if they really <laughs> want to, they can make it. Your case in point. We're bad hats. What it is, yeah. Chuck? We're just bad hats, man. <laughs> it, 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 it's all about. And I really don't want to do this, but we really have to look at the truth of things is politics. And I don't want to go here, but just briefly I want to say there are reasons that certain states are doing very well and certain states aren't. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't want to go into politics. I'll leave the list. more on the lines of talent and uh, newsworthy, like, you know, Happening. Who cares? We're number one. Who cares? Okay. We're number one right now. Francie's always high on the fact that uh, Francie and Friends is number one on the market. <laughs> We're and number you know one. Baby. Baby. Check it out. You go. You I go on live. Yeah. You go on live. Francie and Friends. I gotta is say that. Right there in Here, your face. Here's what I. Listen. Here's what I'm gonna say. Bald head radio. Built an entire fucking studio and industry because of Francie. Because uh-huh. I was a co-host on Francie and Friends, she brought me on and I learned like how to talk to people and how to run a switchboard and all that shit. And I ended up building an entire recording studio. Just now so you got to get some Chapman on show. your show. I know, and I got to get back on the air. It, it, unfortunately, right now I'm in a tra- transitionary period with a pending divorce, and yes, live on the air on Francine Friends, you know, bald head radio. Uh, I'm getting a divorce, so <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been there, no, done that. But... She's coming. She's coming back. I'm going to come back. I have to build things back up. But I got to tell you. All right, you're going to get, you're going to get, Chuck. oh, do you want to hear Chuck Chapman's song? I would like to. Yes, very much. Uh, oh, that's not the way I was expecting to hear it. Uh, yeah, yeah, there, yeah but... it's very short, like uh, five-second songs. I'm sorry to say, like I can't that. name that tune in that number of beats. <laughs> I, I will tell you, I will tell you, Chad, the way that I do my shows, completely professional, and all the shit's in stereo and very good sound quality in the future, if I have you on my show, I, I would like to have you on my show. Give me a little bit to build up my shit after my divorce. You understand where I'm coming from. 
uh, like I said, been there, done that, totally understood. Right. I would like to get in contact with you, mister. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, for sure. I said, I'm, talk I'm about super what you do. Find. Talk about what you do and, and bring it more into the light. And I, okay, Bald Head Radio has always been about, for the last 10 years, independent music, independent movies, independent productions, focusing and bringing attention to bringing up everything that is way more important than all those assholes in Hollywood. Um, And then the music industry is a piece of fucking crap, and we all know it, but with the advent of self-distribution and the ability to have our own studios and to make our own music and to distribute the way that we choose to do so, and if we make money on it, that's cool. Everything that I've done artistically, I'm a nine-to-five guy. I pay my rent. I just do my thing. I'm not very well-versed in how to distribute things. Um, I just do things. I write music that makes me feel good. And it's sporadic, and it's it's been that way for me since the 1980s. I, I've never looked at the way I do things as any way to make any kind of money or to be notarized or to be noticed at all. I, I've always been – I just keep myself to myself, but I always wanted to put my stuff out there, and I was never able to find a way – to let other people know about what I was doing from so long ago until the internet was born. And then now I have a way to let people know what I have been doing, but I've never wanted to do it in such a way that made me any kind of money or made me gain me any kind of notoriety because I don't like that. I don't like being paid attention to, but it's really important to know that we have an avenue. And this is something that we've talked about on Francie's show for a long time and on my show on Bald Head Radio about how important it is now that we are independent of distribution. We can do our own thing. Do you see the value in that, of course? And how do you go about doing what you do? Well, I I am signed to a small independent label, so luckily they do a lot of that kind of stuff for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So that helps a lot because I like being able to just be able to create and to perform because I do like being in front of people. I mean, in fact, people have asked me because I'm pretty shy actually away from performing, um, but – People say, well, hey, if you're shy, how do you get up there and do that? And I'm like, I'm way more comfortable on that stage than I am off of it. So that's where I feel like I can be who I want to be, who I wish I was, <laughs> whether you know, whether it's an acting role or it's a, if I'm doing a um, – gosh, I can't, I've lost the words here, but uh, – It just like kind of switches on. When when you're yeah. doing that, it switches on and you do it, and then you come back and then you're kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde. Only the Jekyll part, 
I mean, the Hyde part um, is uh, is not evil. <laughs> um, no, but no, it's, it's really like, good. Yeah, and you, you come out off the stage, and eventually when you wind down, um, uh, you kind of go back to you, and then I bet you you sleep at night thinking about kind of rewinding what just happened and uh, really liking it. Well, it's it's basically it's euphoric to be doing it, and then then you crash or I crash after. I'm sure some people don't, but yeah, yeah. So to me, I really I do like the performance part. I do like the being in front of people and putting, you know, being able to be, like I said, who I would like to be all the time. But that's not who I get to be, <laughs> you know, because like you said, got to have the nine five. Unfortunately, all the entertainment stuff doesn't doesn't pay the rent. So. I mean, it makes a little extra, but definitely not something I could support, you know, make a house payment on. I I find that those of us that are artistic or those of us that have a desire to express ourselves artistically are very tortured. Um, And I don't know why that has always been, but you could go all the way back to... Greek architecture, paintings, you can go all the way back to the Romans, you can go all the way back. Anybody that is has any kind of artistic leaning, for some reason, we have problems dealing with everyday life. We live everyday life, but, but we also, I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's it's always been. If, if there's actually a name for it, and I thought I made this up, but you can actually look it up. It's something called tortured artist syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and remember back in the could, 70s, they used to call it starving artist, you know, back in the hate <laughs> Ashbury days and stuff like that. And it's not untrue. It's not. If, if I had to make a living off just my entertainment stuff, yeah, I would, I would probably be 20 be, pounds lighter than I am. We would definitely be starting, starving. I think um, probably the, uh, the what you're talking about, Chuck. Uh, uh, it, it right when you said that term, it made me think of Jim Morrison. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had tons of money, but he he felt tortured. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it, you can never. I mean, I've never been satisfied with anything I've ever done. Yes, you're always exactly. striving to put out, you know, the greatest thing you ever have. But you never – it seems like you can never reach it. You're always trying to get there. I but, think – you know, that that thrill of the chase is pretty important too. But it would be nice to actually have something in front of you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, think, I think that, it's, like you said, Chuck, the chase, the, the endeavor is more important than the end of it, the – the end product, like I've written a lot of music that I felt very happy with, but I was not quite there, and I want to go somewhere else and make something better. But I know that I know that I am my own worst critic, and that's that's the thing that all artistic people face. I am well, my own worst ones. critic. <laughs> yeah, <okay>. fair enough. <laughs> but those of us, yeah. Those of us that some people we, need to be worse critics for themselves, need to be harder on themselves. 
than me looking up such crappy music being made. You're, you're right. I'm just talking about from a personal point of view. Right. And those of us that just endeavor to do the work that makes us happy. And we're not looking at fame or, you know, other people or, or getting things up. And in this world of Internet, it's even more difficult because everybody just wants to be known for something or another stupid. And there are those of us that have always been sitting in a chair and writing. Well, that's and that's the thing. I mean, hey, what you talking about? Heart, we're putting our heart and soul into stuff, <laughs> and at the same time, somebody's making money. What off, you talking about, you know, Willis? Doing videos of how many beans they can shove up their nose, you know, and they're right. they're getting rich. <laughs> exactly. I got thirty-seven firecrackers shoved up my asshole, and I'm gonna light them off right now. And I bet you I'm gonna make a thousand dollars off of everybody that views this. Yeah, it'll, it'll go viral, right? Yeah, but, but after, <laughs> the, after after I get my thousand dollars, I gotta go to a doctor and get my asshole sewed up. But you're famous, so it doesn't matter. But you're famous. Don't do it, so Brad. Don't do it. Yeah, what, Don't what, do it. what's more famous? Why would I do something like that? Yeah, what's what's better? You know, you've got it's, to wait. You know, you got to weigh the thing. You know, weigh the consequences versus the reward. You know, is do you really need a tight asshole, or would you like to be world famous? That's, that's your decision. <laughs> Instead, listen, I'd like to put out a song I did live impromptu in my recording studio called Arecibo that was the most eclectic 20-minute piece that I'd ever written live, and nobody will ever pay attention to it because it is just too esoteric for anybody to be able to grasp. Now, did I not do it because I didn't think people would like or not like it or did I do it because sitting in my studio for that 20 to 30 minute period of impromptu live shit that I had no plan for made me so fucking happy and I recorded it and I put it out there for other people to listen to and I don't give a fuck what they think about it what that period was for me was the most awesome experience that I had with just two pieces of equipment that made me very happy. And I don't care about what other people think about it. Yet, I put it out there for other people to like or not like or do whatever the fuck they want with it. That's not the point. The point was... I enjoyed myself. I had a spiritual moment, and I did what I did. Those are things that are very important. If you can try to share that with somebody else and they are receptive to it, that's awesome. But the initial, why do we write music? Why do we sing? Why do we do these things? Be honest about it. 
You know what? I can like uh, we have tell, to. tell you guys. Um, oh, you mu- musicians! <laughs> I wanted to be a rock and roll star before I wanted to be a writer, because I know what it's like being up on stage. I've performed in front of uh, at least a, at the most a, at certain points about a thousand people uh, back in the church days and stuff when I wanted to be a preacher and I would play piano and sing original songs that I composed and um, and and stuff. I was, that, I was there through all of that, Nick. That was that was like really neat, uh, but. At, and even I auditioned for, after I got out of church, I auditioned for some local bands and stuff, like one, Sons of the Imagination with a Sons with a Z. <laughs> and um, I had to submit a tape to them, and then I had to perform with them. Uh, and uh, they it just they wanted everything to be exactly like the cassette that I listened to. They didn't want me to have any other personality. And I, I tried to kind of improvise a little, and they said, nope, you can't do that, nope, 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 no. And then I realized um, um, uh, that um, it's better that instead of touring, instead of devoting my life to that and, like, uh, uh, achieving a sort of craft with playing piano and singing and being a front man and all that, um, that it's better that I lock myself up in a freaking closet and write and then I can take it out of the closet and I can show it to people. So I decided, you know, it's better. I don't have to go anywhere unless I wanted to, you know, promote it. But just freaking write stories. And I've been doing that since the fourth grade. It's my calling. Um, but, uh, geez, I know what it's like being up on stage and being the center of attention, doing a great job with the vocals and the stuff. I, I, I've been... Smoking so much over the years, I ate myself. But I used to have a Bon Jovi meatloaf voice. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, really. Um, eh, now, now, do you? Not, so you I mean just, you I sounded like, like Bon so Jovi eating meatloaf? enriching being a writer to me, and and a publisher too, and and and, um, and finding great writers like you, Chuck, um, doing that kind of thing. Um, it's been my religion since. And, yeah, you could put me up there. I can sing an Alice Cooper song, and I can, like, draw the audience at some point, you know, whenever I feel like it. The circumstance happens. But, I mean, really, I mean, I found my calling with the publishing, the writing stuff. Hands tricking down. You're a good, great case in point. I mean, um, from the short story that you did for Days of the Dead to... Family Man, and um, to um, um, what's the you know what you should at this Christmas Eve more people than average are going to like Francie says we're number one and stuff just for a brief minute talk about your your writing and your books the books that you have out well okay obviously the first full length was Family Man which was a historical fiction based on the Charles Manson, and the Manson, we'll call it family, just to make it easy. Read the book of why you don't want to call it family, but the Manson commune is more more of a actual real description, I think. But, but it was just that, I wrote it from the perspective of a fictional member of the family, 
and told it from a first-person perspective. And although it is um, fiction, it's also historical as well because I kept as many of the true cases or true parts of the case in there as possible and tried to kind of reveal and look at some different parts that haven't gotten really the public perception that they should. People have never heard about a lot of things like I'd include in there, you know, a lot of the stuff that didn't come out in the trial and that people, unless they've delved deep into the case, know about unless they did it. So I feel like I gave a very true perspective of what happened, but I gave it and even a musical, musical perspective because you mentioned, uh, what's his name from the Beach Boys? And um, it's, it's a very fictional narrative based on a true story. Yes. So that was the first one. Then after that, I did one called Freak on a Moped, which is a dark comedy horror slasher style, like an 80s slasher style, um, where people say, what's it about? Well, you see, it's about this freak, and, well, he rides a moped, you know, that kind of thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's very 80s, though. I mean, uh, uh, he's a, pretty much a serial killer. That's on a moped yeah. and stuff, but um, and we've talked about this in the in the past on Francine Friends too, that um, um, it um, there's actually a movie um, or you were making a movie and uh, you movie. lost the uh, that you lost the entire thing to the guy that that made it that won't give it back to you and and it's gone forever. Yep, yeah. yeah. I meant that. Yeah, it was originally written as a screenplay. And we recorded them, uh, actually videoed, recorded the entire movie, worked on it for about two months, had people from three or four states involved, and had the entire thing filmed. And the guy that directed it just never came across with the footage. I chased him for almost three years, kept getting run around. Oh, I'll get it to you. Oh, it's at my you know, this place out of state or this there, you know, I even bought my own hard drive to keep it on, you know, everything disappeared. And after, you know, chasing him for that long and just getting to run around and getting blocked and getting, you know, not returning calls and stuff. And like I said, I'll actually get blocked so I couldn't return calls very good. And, um, I just gave up, and, you know, went with it in book form and it's done fairly well. And, um, actually had a director talking to me a couple of days ago about maybe revising it. So it's totally different. Oh. It would have to be totally completely redone at this point. And it would have yeah, to be totally of course it would. <laughs> You know, because the people that... If, if I could ask, why do you feel that everything was blocked and you had so many barriers? What would be the what would be the the reason that they did that to you? I have no idea. Apparently, I'm not the only person he's done it to. Of course, I didn't know that going in. But, you know, I don't know if the footage was so bad that he was ashamed to give it to me or if he lost the hard drive, if, you know, and just was ashamed to tell me. I would have rather heard that. I would have rather said, man, I'm sorry, you know, I shipped the hard drive to myself and – 
when I was in a different state and it got lost in the mail or I dropped it and ran over it with my car, you know, whatever. I would have loved to have had some closure there. Um, yeah. Or it's still floating around somewhere. I don't know. I have no idea why it happened. But, you know, I said after three years, I mean, I even confronted him personally one time. and You know, got, oh, well, I don't have it here. It's in, you know, he's a National Guardsman. He's like, oh, it's in, you know, Virginia or wherever it is where I was stationed because I was working on it. I don't believe that at this point. But that's the story I got. So, you know, even though I went to personally confront him and try to retrieve it, even that ran, got, got into nowhere. But it, really I'm glad it ended up in book form because I expanded on it a lot. In fact, added a whole new section because, of course, the movie I planned on, okay, you set it up for a sequel because, hey, it's a horror movie. You always set it up for a sequel. So, But in the book, I actually included the sequel in there, so I think it made a way more complete and better story. So I'm happy that it got in book form. I would have been happy that it got in movie form too, but at least it got in book form. And then my most yeah. recent that just came out this year is called is a collection of my song lyrics, um, my very dark poetry, and my short stories. And that one's called Poetry, Lyrics, and Other Cries for Help. And it's actually yeah. on Audible. The first the first book I've had put on audio made into an audio book. And just this week, I got my first royalty check. I made thirty bucks in royalties for my first like month and a half that it was out. So, yeah, that's yeah. groovy. Yeah, that's groovy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, um, those are the three books. Uh, also, I mean, four, including the short story from Days of the Dead. Uh, and I'm very proud to publish you. Very proud to publish all of my authors. Uh, I mean, they're so talented, extremely talented people. Um, but um, and any on a side note too, uh, next year at some point, probably early on by spring, uh, something to the extent of Readers or Die Two, which is a showcase of our authors. Uh, I, I messaged you about it too, so I have yet to announce it. Uh, officially, but uh, yeah, um, prepare a short story for it. That would be grueling. Uh, oh, I um, have one that I'm working on right now, just just for it. Uh, awesomeness. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, um, too. Now that you're kind of in the spotlight here, um, what about your uh, last two albums? Anything that you have to say about um, uh, about those uh, puppies and uh, where you've gone? With those, um, you know, blah, 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 anything uh, about that? Um, the first one is called Girls and Cars and Things That Matter, and it was just a four-song EP. It was actually stuff that I had recorded about 15 years ago and just kind of had in the vault, never did anything with. So during 2020, when the world shut down, I found the disc that those were on and didn't realize how close they were to being finished. So I'm like, eh, I'll put a CD out. I haven't put a CD out in like 15 years or something. So um didn't know if anybody would care. So I put that together and just released it myself through CD Baby. Um, so just did that myself and just to see if anybody would, you know, like I said, if anybody would care. I said, I'm probably going to sell 20 of these to my friends and be stuck with the, you know, the rest of the 100. 
<clears throat> but as of right now, we've already sold over 200 hard copies, and it's done you know 40, 50 thousand downloads and stuff. So, so it went pretty well. <clears throat> Picked up a small distribution deal with a label called Bentley Records out of New York, and they released um, my last record was about a little over a year and a half ago, and it was called Burn It Down. So it was ten original songs. Most of those were freshly written. Well, probably about half and half. Some of them were written, you know, over the past several years, and then there were three or four that were written just for that record. And it has done beyond my wildest expectations because it's already had getting close to a million streams, and then we sold I don't even know three or four hundred, five hundred hard copies, which in today's world that's pretty good. For an independent band like us and stuff, so so there's that one. And oh, also, it just won um, one of the songs, just one rock song of the year from a company called Exposing Music for the Exposing Music Awards. Like which two song? Weeks ago. It which was Words Get in the Way, which which was kind of the ballady one, which is strange, but yeah, Words Get in the Way, and that's also the song that went to number four. Five, number four, I believe, in on the iTunes chart in the UK. Oh wow! Yeah, I think I cut wind of that on Facebook when when you uh, mentioned that. That's like really awesome. There's a song that you do um, uh, about Mona Lisa. Yeah, we got Mona Lisa. Yeah, I actually yeah, got yeah. That title. That's one of my favorites. It's it's done pretty Big well too. Thing. <laughs> no, okay. Like I said, uh, when I when I ask um, the Echo to play uh, your songs and stuff, that's that's one of my favorites that I've heard. It, it's really great. You, you remind me a little bit of an early Bon Jovi, uh, mixed with other. You know, um, he comes to mind though. You have a unique voice. Um, that um, if you heard, uh, if people heard you enough, they would know that it's you. It's one of those like trademark stamps that was unintended. You just sing how you sing, but you you do have a, a unique voice. And you could tell that's that. Um, who's that guy? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah Chuck W. Chapman. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, and- hey Chuck. We just hey, yeah. Chuck. I I just want to interrupt here. I would like you to be on my show, Bald Head Radio, and what I do is is different because what I do is I interview artists. I also have facilities to be able to showcase your music completely in stereo, in good quality, and talk about the music um, that you create um, and go into backstories and all of these kind of things. Uh, with Bald Head Radio, the production facilities are, it's just different and more high quality. And I like to have people on that I can elevate and bring attention to. Do you know what I mean? I'm, yeah, like I said, guys like me need guys like you for sure. If, if, that's if, our if, only if, real outlet. 
yeah, you know, it's not it, like we're going to get commercial radio play. <laughs> exactly, and and what I support and what I really go for is independent musicians that don't give a fuck about the label, so we use our own distribution and and just a way of bringing attention to everything that you guys do and letting other people know about what you guys do. And I have really, over the last, like, 10 years, really gotten into people that don't give a fuck about the music industry <laughs> that are so talented and have something that they want to tell the world and don't don't want to get shut down, okay? And what my show is about now, it's a shameless plug on Francie and Friends for Bald Head Radio, but I have to blame her for making me start Bald Head Radio and what I do, <laughs> okay? So okay, tell, tell me a little again. bit about why why did you call it Bald Head Radio? Yeah, I, I've gotten I've gotten that asked that question a lot, and I actually have on my YouTube channel uh, one of my guests that I've had from the East Coast asked me specifically why bald head radio because I looked at your shit and you have hair so what's going on there, and I had to think about it. Because when I came up with the name, it was just a name I had to come up with to get on Bald Head Radio, to pay the bill. But what it ended up being was an identity that I went with and I embraced. And that is being bald, being naked, being honest on a show. About whatever you're going to talk about, whatever we're going to do... Being bald, being naked, being honest, that's what it developed into, and that's what I always started with, and that's what I've always kept, and that's what I'll always do is just, if you're going to come on my show, we, we're going to talk about honest shit. I'm here. Do you, you know what I mean? Like, we're going to be honest about stuff. Dude, I'm still number one. <laughs> <laughs> so I I go on Francie and I plug my show, but she started it. <laughs> yeah, and she's number one. So. Yeah, she's number one. <laughs> number one, dude. Check out the link. No, no. Since you guys the you link, still that. number one. <laughs> so, so would you like to be on Vault Head Radio? Well, definitely. definitely. And the way that I do things is <clears throat> the audio that I play is for Steam. It's audio that you will send to me that I can load up on my machines and make sure it sounds really good, and then we talk about it. Okay. Sounds great. Yeah, I'm actually planning on releasing releasing a new record somewhere around March or April. Mm-hmm. So, so that might be good. I mean, I'm not sure when you're going to get up and running again. Echo, play Chuck W. Chapman. This is the Chuck W. Chapman. All right. 
At, okay. Adam, this is why is that your music? This is, this is why I left you and Francie show because she's still crazy. Yeah, that's not real. Did you know Bald Head Radio wouldn't exist if it weren't for you? 
No. Because you did pretty good on your own. I did. But I keep I still keep coming back to and you, don't that, I? That's what I thought was great about you is that you did really good on your own, so you didn't need me. Oh, that wasn't that. No, that was a great compliment to you. It's not that I never didn't need you. There were some times that I had to step away, and there were a lot of times that I come back. Yeah, you were great on your own, too. Well, I'm always going to be great on my own, but I still come back to you, <laughs> don't I? No, I'm saying that <laughs> I'm giving you great compliments, too. I think Chuck understands what I'm saying, don't you, sir? I do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chuck's you, been on my show. He's probably saying, oh, my gosh. If if someone is giving props to a person for helping him get his start, I think that person should be humbled and understand the I am I'm very humble, but I'm also saying that you are great on your your own two feet too. I I, I do feel humble about that, but I really do. Thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> now, this was an impromptu shit that just got thrown together, Christmas Eve show. So let's all talk about what we're thankful for tonight. Each one of us. All right. Let's start. Let's start with you, Francis. Chuck, you go first. Okay, if I want to be direct, um, about with here, of course. You for getting me on the show and getting me out there. Nick for taking a chance on an unheard of, unproven writer. And, well, I'm probably, I'm not the only one, but definitely I appreciate him taking the chance on me because I probably wouldn't be putting books out if it weren't for Nick. Cool. Mm. I, Who's next? Nick, are you still there? Oh. Yeah, uh, Nick, uh, how about Delane? Oh. Delane, let's hear what you're happy about for this New Year's, this Christmas. What do you got? My my health, my mom's health, and that the prospects and the chance um, opportunities I am being given for next year are going to be phenomenal, and everything's just going to continue to grow. It's awesome. That's cool. Right, very cool. So. Francie. Very cool, actually. I like that one. Do you? Now, Francie, what are you happy, thankful for Christmas time? It's New Year's Eve. Let's go. What do you got? I'm going to get my eye fixed, which is going to be a really good thing. And um, a couple other things fixed. Don't want to Anything go into more? great detail. Okay. All right, I might have cancer. All right, there you go. And right. I'm going to get the biopsy on the 29th, and, uh, you know, I think it's going to be okay. I know you're going to be okay. 
Yeah, I'm going to be okay. I didn't want to put a downer on the show. <laughs> Go, Brett, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful to have the place that I have, to be living in the place that I have, despite everything that is going on. I am thankful to have what I have. There you go. Now, how about Nick? I think Nick's phone hung up. Hold on. I'll go get him. I remember to get him. <laughs> <laughs> how much fun would it be to just, like, be in that house and not them not know we were there? You know, Chuck, I've been through this so many times. I I love Nick, I love Francie, and I hate him at both at the same time, and I just am so amazed with my relationship with them. Honestly. Chuck, I'd love to talk to you about so much more than anything. Not about Nick and Francie, uh, but just about you're very interesting to me. Sure. I'd be glad to be on the show anytime. And if you just want to reach out to me, you know, I said feel free to hit me up on any of the socials, man, and we can exchange numbers or whatever and get together. I want to get to know you more because I've heard a little bit of your music and I want to hear more of your music. Red, I told you you're going to like this guy. I got on here. You know why I love Francie? Because she's fucking unpredictable. At the same time, totally predictable. I. I've been dealing, I've been I've been loving her for I don't know fifteen years. I mean, she got my start. She got my start on everything that I do. All right, so I always got to love her. Yeah, everybody loves Francie. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, what is Francie? Because she's Francie. There's no other reason um, than that. She knows how to talk to people. That this golden tongue is what they say. The hell is wrong with you? You got this golden tongue. No, but honestly, the people that I talk to are easy to talk to, too. I mean, Chuck, come on, Brett. Brett, come on, Brett. You're easy to talk to. Here's the one thing that I learned. The one thing I learned from Francine Friends is that people want to talk. Like, you could reach out to people and say, I would like you to talk to me, but I would like you to talk to me while being recorded, and that makes them even more incited. Right, Francie? They want to talk. People want to talk. And if you can provide a place... Gordon Nimick didn't call in. He just said, I just want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Awesome. People yeah. want Oh, to by talk. the way, by the way, we got we got some sponsors on the show. We gotta talk about yeah. that. Um if you've got a beard or mustache, um, Chuck, you do not have one. Are you plugging people? But you can go to honestamish.com. And uh, put in the the promo code uh, Talking Beards. You will get ten percent off on the Amish Amish 
stuff. It is great products. I'm using the hand salve. I don't have a beard. I'm sorry. Don't have a beard, but that honest, honest, honest stuff is the sizzle. So don't forget, you got to go to Honest Amish, put in the promo code uh, Talking Beards, and you will get 10% off. And they do have a soap, though that is really good. And I washed my body in that soap, and I smelt like licorice all day. It's so good. And don't forget also Pets uh, to the Rescue, Tommy Habib. He's got this fabulous show on CW, uh, Tommy Habib to the rescue, usually does our Sunday night, <clears throat> Sunday night, late night radio, what fun, that's Tommy Habib, Tommy Habib's a really nice guy, and he is doing to the rescue, so don't forget those two places to go to the rescue. And don't forget on the Stomish. How did I do That's with that, a, Brett? I I didn't expect that. I didn't know that you were picking Edwards. I think you did okay with it, but I I really can I be honest? And I dude I'm I'm pretty sure the Edwards are gonna be listening. But I didn't expect that. We've always done everything as we do for free. I I am um, doing that for free. If you can monetize, I'm not getting paid. I'm not getting paid a dime for that. That's just two things that I totally believe in. Oh, well, so they aren't paid adverts. Nope, not paid. Oh, well, then I respect that. Yeah. And, I mean, it's to the rescue, Tommy Habib. He's he's rescuing dogs. I will tell you, though, Tommy Habib did say, you know what, you would be really good to play with my dogs. (laughs) And I said, where is it? He's opening up a pet rescue here in California. I was like, where at in California? He said Malibu. I was like, oh. How can you not support that? How can nobody support dogs? I love dogs. I love dogs. I pet every dog I see. Chuck, um, everybody, yeah, you got to see to the rescue. Tommy Habib is rescuing dogs. Everywhere. He's the creator of Teeters. I have a rescue dog. Anybody that rescues dogs is good in my book. I have a rescue dog. You know, anybody... The rescue dogs... Anybody that rescues another person, if they're able to. But dogs, oh my God, we can't... I fucking love dogs. Yeah. Rescue dogs uh, love you more than a breeder dog. So everybody just needs to go get a rescue dog. I agree. Not a puppy farm. 
Not 100%. a puppy farm. Go get a dog Thank that's been you. neglected and has issues and needs to learn how to trust again. Go get that dog and learn and make that dog trust again. My dog was actually someone cut his ears off, so he doesn't have any ears. But he's the sweetest oh, guy in the my world. Gosh. Yeah, she's... he's a big he's a big pit pit bull, but he is the just the sweetest, most laid back guy in the world. He's sitting right beside me right now. <laughs> mm. uh, I want to play you, with your dog. Do you, do you <laughs> just see where the show went right now? This is why we do what we do, right, Francie? Exactly. This is why we do what we do because we never know where we're gonna go. And dude, this this show tonight we did on the spur of the moment. And yep. and now we're we're just having an honest conversation. Now we're talking about dog rescues. If we could let the people know like places that, that they can go to rescue dogs, holy shit, we've just done a really good thing, haven't we? Hey, Hey, you know what? You know, you know what we need to do. We need to get mm. Tommy Habe back on the show. Yeah, well, where do you find him? Go get him. <laughs> oh. I talk to him all the time on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I have a rescue dog and you, a rescue you, cat. You, My you cat guys don't ears, believe that so. I can get Tommy Habe back on the show? What? 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 He's been on my show. He's the guy who does Sunday night, late night. Oh, wait. I'll play it. He's the guy who does Sunday night, late night radio. You know, what fun. Yeah, we know it. We all know it. So let's get Tommy A.V. back on the show. You going to do that right now? You guys, you guys, well, (laughs) not right now. Because we're an after party now. But I can get him back on the show. Chuck, you going to come back for Tommy Habe? Sure. <laughs> come on, Tommy Habe's a nice guy. I want to talk more come about back? dogs. I want to talk more about dogs. Yeah. He 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 does Hello, dogs. Said Merry Christmas. Oh, there's Nick. Yeah, there, there I am. Yeah, talk to him. Oh no, Merry Christmas, everybody. Okay, he said Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> I'm gonna say Merry Christmas to everybody. I'm gonna yeah. just acknowledge that you know whoever is listening, this was an impromptu show that we just drew together, and this is something that I'm accustomed to with Francie. She got me my start. <laughs> I'm always going to give her props for getting me where I, I, I've gone with my own show. And I just got in contact with her like earlier this afternoon and asked her if she was going to do a show. And she said, you know what, I'm going to slap something together. And then this is what Francie created right here. So... And I'm and, really, I'm re, I'm really appreciative of what Francie just created right here. And as a result, I just met a new friend. I I told you, Brett, you're going to be happy with what's going to happen on the show. <laughs> you just never know what we're going to do, or what's going to happen, or who's going to meet who, or how the 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 circuit works. Like 
it just works. This is what we do. We talk to each other. That's what we do. And oh, before anybody says anything, Delaine, are you still there? I uh, know. I think she's gone. No, I'm here. She is here. Oh, Delaine, I am here. I, I, I asked you to come on to this thing. What do you think about all this weird shit that goes on here? Oh, I thought that was cool. Um, at one point in time, I wanted to be a famous singer. That's why I changed my name to Delane. And, you know, just hearing about, you know, how people are doing it now and and seeing that even in the more privatized, I'll say, not as um, mainstream, but it's still really cool. Stop. You know that though. The thing is, with Stop. your show. Okay, they're they're fighting with me now. With your show, Francie. Uh, you yeah. guys gotta you turn got your it. mics off. <laughs> yeah, that together. Yeah. Now, uh, see, Delane, just hang out, hang out for a minute, so we figure this out. All right, if, we got if, it. If Francie yeah, and Nick could turn idea. your microphones off, could you do that real quick? Yeah. Turn yourselves off. Just leave the line open, but turn yourselves off. Hey, hey, Brett, I got something yes. for you. I stopped talking because nobody would let me talk. Brett, you're going to love this. Okay. You ready? Okay. All right, you ready? I'm ready. All right, this is a voice from the past that you're going to love. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm listening. What, what would that be? Sue fucking dent? <laughs> hey, Francie, you know who else is here? Sue. Sue fucking dent. Sue dent. <laughs> you want to ever say hello? <laughs> I got to find her first. Uh, she must have stepped out for a minute. But Sue fucking Dent is here tonight. Yeah. Who do we have on tonight? We have Sue fucking Dent is on tonight. <laughs> we have Sue fucking Dent tonight. If she ever comes on, is she on? She's too busy talking in the chat room. I'm telling. I'm telling. <laughs> yeah, I remember you said you wanted I... Sue fucking Dent on the show tonight. There you go. Oh. If, if that's the best we could do, I love it. I love it. She's, she's I miss, so fantastic. I miss, I miss Sue fucking Ben so much. I love. All right, I okay. got another one. I got another one for you, Brett. You ready for okay. another voice? Sure. Here it yeah, is. I once got to kiss Linnea Quigley on screen. I got a question. We got an answer. Well, is it is red snapper a fish or a turtle? It's a vegetable. Is it? Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't even know that. I thought it, I, first I thought it was a turtle, then a fish. Finally, it's a vegetable. Yes, yes, it's a very nice vegetable. You gotta eat it fresh. Yes. To the bottom of the ocean, though, you gotta go diving, and you gotta oh. grab it with your hands, and then you come. Oh home. well. <laughs> you got to be careful because these are the kind of vegetables the sharks like to eat. 
So if you got that kind of vegetable in your hand, a shark might come and get you. Wow. You know what sucks about that, that whole conversation? That was the show with Courtney Gaines. Yeah. Courtney Gaines was a no-show. And uh, John Link and Giovanni from Hill's Kitchen had that conversation. I had no idea that even happened. Dude, I miss You remember John, John Link, so right? Much. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I, I love John I, Link, I, man. I've been on your show so many times with John Link, and John Link was an insane motherfucker, and he was so good for the show. He, he was so guy, honest. That man. was his problem. Chuck, I got to tell you, man, if you were ever to be interviewed by anyone, John Leake would be the person to interview you. Dude, okay. John Leake, I I gotta tell you, John Leake, if he if he interviewed anybody, he would like shut you down like within three sentences, and you'd be wondering why you were even like there. <laughs> Wait, you John, remember this? Remember this? Yeah, I once got to kiss Linnea Quigley on screen. I got a question. We got an answer. Well, is is Red Snapper a fish or a turtle? It's a vegetable. Is it? I didn't even know that. First, I thought it was a turtle, then a fish. Finally, it's a vegetable. Yes, yes, it's a very nice vegetable. You gotta eat it fresh. Yes. To the bottom of the ocean, though, you gotta go diving, and you gotta oh. grab it with your hands, and then you come. Oh home. well. <laughs> you gotta be careful because these are the kind of vegetables the sharks like to eat. It. So if you got that kind of vegetable in your hand, a shark might come mm-hmm. and get you. Wow. <laughs> and yet another great sound clip for. The John Link thing. <laughs> <laughs> Where is that? That's... Okay. John, this is a very important question for John because the last time that we were on the air with John, the last thing that we heard John say was that he was going to stab his brother. Oh. Well, we won, and we won women the right to control their own bodies. Uh, yeah, that was the retard. The retard is bothering me. I'll stab you! I'll stab you! Well, on that I'll note, ladies and gentlemen, I think I'm going to bid you all a fond adieu and prepare for, <laughs> and prepare for my blizzard. There you go. Oh, God, you have a blizzard going on? Yeah, we're expecting <sighs> 20, 30 inches over the next 24 hours, so. Oh, I was kind of hoping there for a minute you were going to find a late night DQ or something, but. Uh, <laughs> gotta go prepare for a John has to go stab somebody. So uh, yeah, really. I mean, when you think about it, what's the difference? You know, yeah, preparing yeah. for a blizzard, stabbing your brother—it's all kind of the same thing. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Yep. Well, by the way, um, I yeah, okay. John, John, did yeah. you stab Fred that night? No, mainly because I had forgotten to put my knife in my pocket. <laughs> the retard shut the phone off. That's not too. 
And I would That's make what? a very important point at the time. <laughs> you know, two things. That's why I always carry two knives. And the second is, I thought red snapper was a venereal disease. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that almost made me choke on my tongue. <laughs> no, that that whole snapper thing that that was uh, that, that was definitely the most popular clip from that well, show yeah. when you and when you and Gio were talking about the snapper and uh, John the uh, red snapper is a fish. Is a fish. I said it, Francie. Oh, well, I, I was think. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love jungling, man. You know, um, is anybody still there? I'm still Hello? here. Yeah, yeah, still here. Yep. Yeah, John Link was a staple on the show, man. I love that guy. And the thing is, is um, John Litwin, who was my first co-host, he wanted me to uh, make John Link a, um, like a Charlie Brown of the show. And as I was talking to John Link a little bit, I was like, dude, I love this guy. (laughs) He's so honest. And I was not going to make him a joke on the show. And other people were calling in and they were, and John Link was like, oh, so I know what's going on. And with that, I met Edward X. Young from John Link, who I got, I got to say this. And I told John Link this from the get-go when he was going downwards style-wise, I told John Link, I was like, dude, there's going to be one guy, because John Link and Edward X. Young were going through some stuff, you know, Hillary, Trump, kind of crap. I was like, it doesn't matter when it comes down to it, John, there's going to be one man at your bedside when you pass away, and it's going to be Edward. I love Edward, and I love John. John Link was completely awesome. Yeah, I miss John Link. I miss our conversations. Dude, I miss... You know what I miss about John Link is just how fucking crazy he is, dude. And his honesty, he's and how, how many how many times has he been on the show where he just didn't fucking lie about shit? Like he was exactly. always he was like honest about everything. Everything that that was what I loved about him so much, you know. Yeah, it's I like honesty. I miss yeah. John Link. Miss everything about that little man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, me too. So, John Link was awesome. And I had a lot of great conversations with him, like in private. 
when his mom was passing away, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of hours on the phone with John Link when his mom was passing away. He didn't know yeah. what to do. Yeah. Because, you know, he didn't believe in God. He doesn't know what his mom's going to do. I was like, dude, your mom's going to be by your side regardless of any situation. Whatever you believe, your mom's always going to be there. He was terrified of losing his mom. I love yeah. John. Are you that drinking? Guy... Who? Are you? Let's do a toast to John Link. Oh, no, I don't have anything in the house like that. Oh. You got I can water? Do it. We can do a virtual toast with water, yes. All right. Okay. Here's the John, John Link. Link. John, John Link. Link used to do the vodka. Man, that man. Here's Let's the drink. John Link. Let's drink to him. All right. Mm. Toast. Ah. So for Christmas Eve. He's a good friend. He's a friend and he'll always have your back. For Christmas Eve, who do we still have on the line? Chuck, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Chuck's still here, okay. (laughs) So that was the John Link. All right, all right. Brett, I I got another one that's Kind of going to make you go, oh, damn it. We lost that really? one, too. Really? Yeah. I got to find it. Hold on. Um, all right. Remember this guy? Yes. This is, uh, this, first of all, this is, uh, this is Spanky Brown. And, uh, <laughs> Spanky Brown! There he is. Where Spanky Brown. <laughs> Yeah, let me tell y'all, this is some bullshit right here. I want y'all to know. I went out. I went out. I went out to Marshall today and bought a kilt. I bought a damn kilt. Oh yeah. Yeah. Some black. Are you wearing it? And please, if you are wearing it, please tell us you're going commando too. I am, I know, if you're black, but we don't do the commando thing too often, but listen. So they don't make kilts long enough for that, Ron. That's right. That's right. Black you tell does not go commando. Let alone wear a freaking kilt. But look, I, Amos, Amos six black folk in the world has got a kilt on. I'm one of them right now because I'm sitting with my kilt on. I got a I got a kilt with I, I got a kilt with spinners on it right now and I thought that you guys crew <laughs> and have freaking rowdy roddy piper on but I'm ready for some rowdy roddiness and I get I stay up late I'm skipping the Matlock marathon on IV television right now to be here with y'all ass and I can't believe this shit I got my, I got my copy of They Live on my lap on my kilt. That's a great movie. <laughs> and I cannot believe that you guys have not come through with the interview. I, you know, I really am disappointed because I was all set and ready. 
Yeah. Uh, Chuck, yeah. are you ready for that backstory? Oh my God! Okay, first oh, of sure. all, dude. All right. That was okay. <laughs> There's so much going on there. There's there was so much that I remember. We we really really were working hard on getting uh, Chuck on the show. Uh, we were, man, and he died, and we couldn't get him. Rowdy, no, Rowdy that Piper. Was, that was Rowdy, Rowdy Piper. Um, yeah, he was not dead yeah. at that time. Um, no, he wasn't. In fact, but I, was, I was at Walmart. I was like, yeah, man, I got Rowdy, Rowdy Piper on the show. They're like, no, you don't. Right. <laughs> No, Rowdy no. Rowdy Piper is in L.A. doing a 3D thing of They Live, and I'm like, nope, nope, nope. We were that, at Blog Talk was... Radio's number one show, and everybody's telling me they're at work. They're like, yeah, look, Rowdy Rowdy Piper. I was like, oh, shit, I'm fucked, I remember. Dude. I remember every time for, for like fucked. months and months and months, for so many yeah. months, that was when that was when I started with you, Francie, and and you told yeah. me, hey, we're gonna get Roddy Roddy Piper. I'm like, holy fuck, we gotta talk to this guy, and and we went Number through so one much pick shit. Of the day. Number one pick of the day. And it's like Dude, everybody's telling me, nope, we not gonna happen. And I was and I just picked up my phone. I was like, make it, Frankie Brown. <laughs> We I were gonna get him. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and we were man, we were dead on, man. Rowdy Rowdy Piper a, all the way. It was a Nip, long, David long Madison. Yep. David Madison yep. was the one who convinced me. He's like, Nip, you're not getting Rowdy Rowdy Piper. I'm sorry. He's not gonna and be we, on your show we, enough. We almost I had him. Calling. I was calling. I was calling his so manager. Close. I was like, "Dude, can he just say hello?" It's number we one so because close. today he's like, "No, he can't." Yeah. I'm like, "Fuck, we're fucked." We were, That's what we I, were so I called close, you. Though. I said, "We're fucked, dude." No, Roddy yeah. Roddy Piper today. I got. I. You know what? I remember. I was like, "What the fuck?" I thought we were so close. And we were so close. Yeah. And then, and then, and then it happened. And the real manager said, no Rowdy Rowdy Piper today. And I was like, okay, we got to fix this. <laughs> yeah. So I called. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.